Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Blue Wire Podcasts. What's up, guys? Welcome in to the latest edition, crossover edition, of the OBR Film Breakdown brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Crossing over with all eyes on Cleveland and Brad Ward, both of which are OBR teammates here. We're crossing over into the Browns. Ravens part two we're bumping this podcast up a day obviously because this game was now slotted to be a Saturday 430 kickoff so hopefully you have made adjustments to your plans accordingly the Browns welcome in a nine and four Ravens team into first energy stadium Brad and it is uh, gonna finally feel like some sloppy weather as uh, as this game hits in Cleveland talk about the weather a little bit and then um, you know what uh, what impact that might have on this one yeah, so it it's it's not going to be great, you know. It's not nice. We we've been lucky, right? Uh, you know, they're they're saying you know thirty three degrees, but it's going to feel like it's like twenty with uh, you know your real feel uh, with wind um, wind chill factor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the wind is going to be southwest at seventeen miles per hour with gusts up to thirty three probable precipitation at 49%. So it could get really ugly or it may stay dry. And if it stays dry, then it'll be okay, I think. Yeah, I I think that it has a chance to be the first gnarly AFC North game the Browns have played this year. Uh, We'll see. They have four weeks left. Not a ton of opportunities, but nonetheless, it does present a chance to see some weird statistics, some weird kicking, all of the stuff that those games AFC North does. Who is on the call uh, it's a little different, right? It's a 4.30 Saturday game, so different broadcasting crew than we're maybe accustomed to, or at least the timing of this whole thing, uh, it starts to make itself a little different. Who's on the call for this one, Brad? Yeah, certainly. It's NFL Network uh, is covering it's the game, right? And you're going to get Rich Eisen and Kurt Warner on the call. Um, and different. then, yeah, on the field, you're going to get uh, Stacey Dales and Steve Weish uh, on then you had two f- sideline reporters and then... Of course, Eisen and Warner, which is an interesting, interesting duo. It is an interesting duo, and it'll be uh, certainly a primetime pairing, right? This is NFL Network. Yes. It's going to be all eyes on this game. Uh, obviously, Tyler Huntley throws a wrinkle into this thing with Lamar out, kind of recapping where the, the Ravens have been. As I know that on the OBR Film Breakdown, we did not do a true Ravens preview. But after the Browns game that they won 23-20, they won a couple games over AFC South opponents before their bye, 27-22 over Tampa, and then beat New Orleans 27-13, took the bye, came out 13-3 over Carolina, a frustrating loss against the Jaguars, where the Jaguars, I think, scored 18 fourth-quarter points to come back and beat them 28-27. And then now their current predicament, which is a 10-9 win over Denver, where Lamar Jackson leaves early. They muster up rally and score very late with Tyler Huntley to uh, end up winning that one 10-9 and then beat Pittsburgh in an ugly one last week, 16-14, where Tyler Huntley left with a concussion. Apparently, Brad, you can have a concussion and be in concussion protocol and be a full participant in practice. I didn't know that was a thing. I, I, I Apparently, Huntley has progressed through the, the process of uh, concussion protocol pretty quickly, and 
is on track to play. I, I know that we saw Tyler Huntley last year. The Browns won a game that Huntley came in, substituted, I think right before half, if I'm, if I'm right about that, yeah. Brad, for Lamar, and the Browns yeah. ended up winning 24-22. It is a not, an, not a very favorable all-time uh, setup here for the Browns, as we know, since the Ravens obviously took over in a time that's rough in Browns history because the Browns have only played them post-1999. It's 35-12 all-time Baltimore leads. They have won. Um, if I'm looking at this correctly, what is it? Six of the last seven here, Brad. So um, yeah. not not so, entirely favorable, but they've been close games since the, since the second one of 2020. You know, Stefanski's first game as a Browns coach, that was a blowout down in Baltimore, 38-6. But 47-42 Baltimore win, 16-10 Baltimore win, 24-22 Cleveland win, then a 23-20 Baltimore win. So they have been relatively tight in the Stefanski era. Uh, I don't think that that should be all too different as we're seeing a Cleveland's getting two and a half in this one. Do you think that's appropriate? What do you think? No, I don't think that's appropriate. I I, I thought that was kind of wild uh, to, when I saw it at first. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised that the Browns are favored at all. Do you think, let's, let's ask this question kind of based on that two and a half line. Do you expect the Browns to play like their season is over? Or do you think they're coming out motivated, ready to win this one at home? Because, you know, the, the hot topic on Twitter this week, Brad, has been about Kevin Stefanski's job security, everything around that. And you're looking at a pretty interesting situation with four games that they're eliminated from the playoffs, yet people still are giving them enough credit that Huntley, you know, the Ravens are fighting for the division, right? They're they're 9-4. and four. Since he's 9-4, and four, they have the tiebreaker advantage, right? So I think that if the Browns were to pack this thing in um, performance wise uh, ahead of, ahead of the four games, the end of the season, I think you could see people get a lot of, a lot more panic about where Kevin is as the coach of this team. I just think this game is going to be interesting from an effort perspective. And I think yeah. you get, you give me the vibe and I could be wrong. You tell me if I'm wrong, that you don't think they're going to come out motivated, ready to play while this is uh this is a situation where it feels like Kevin needs them to come out motivated and ready to play, right? And it feels like Vegas is thinking they will, at least by this number, or they wouldn't be favored. Right. I, I guess I expect them to come out ready and motivated to play. I just think that Baltimore is a better team. Um, and the way that they run the ball presents a lot of problems for the Browns. So I just, I'm just surprised, I guess, that at the line, like I, I I mean, I think the Browns have a chance to win the game, but I just didn't think they'd be favored. Does that make sense? I mean, I just thought for sure that the Ravens would look like the better team uh, to Vegas. But, you know, they surprise me every week with these lines. So, Yeah, they're giving the Browns some of that home field advantage sweet sauce that that, that you get, right? You know, yep. the, the typical three. three points, but they're giving Baltimore back a half point. I mean, the offense has not looked great in Baltimore with Huntley leading it. Not like with Lamar, they were lighting the world on fire, per se, no. but... Um, I do I do think that there's some concern about how Huntley can run the offense. But if you look at like, OK, what does Cleveland typically not handle? Now, I'll give them some credit. They've been better about uh, defending the run in the past few weeks. Yes. I actually think they took themselves out of the cellar in terms of rush EPA defense um, just since uh, I think week 11. Um, maybe maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So they have pushed themselves out of the cellar in total and they've been like a just a bottom 10 run defense instead of a bottom historic run defense <laughs> over like a five week sample size here. But it doesn't mean I think in the first one, the, the Baltimore still ran for 
200 plus on them. I'm pretty sure I don't have that number right in front of me. I can pull that up real quick. If we go back and look at a Baltimore in the game against Cleveland, um, only threw for 94 yards with Lamar. Yeah, uh, but they did run for 160, um, and that was a large reason why they won that game. Obviously, created a turnover down deep in Browns territory, uh, strip sack of Jacoby Brissett, and then um, were able to take advantage of a, a long Devin Duvernay punt return. If you recall that one as well, yeah, to put themselves deep in Browns territory. So the five and a half line, uh, sorry, the over under, um, the two and a half line, and then you get the over under of 38 and a half. How do you feel about that number? I mean, it's super low, but I mean. I can't imagine it going over, really. Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, I guess I could. I could see it being like a 23-22 game, yeah. but similar to the recent outcomes. Like, we, what we saw 23-20, 24-22. Something, I think I predicted right something along those lines um, as my outcome. So, right there, I think it go either way, right there around 40 points. Yeah, I feel like it's a little low. I'm not going to call that a lock or anything, but... It definitely feels a little low. We are going to do a Blue Wire Pods here, uh, um, OBR Film Breakdown, FanDuel Parlay of the Week. Not going to get anybody else involved. This comes straight from me. So if you lose this parlay, you can uh, come back and yell at me if you so choose. I probably shouldn't put that evil on myself, but I think we have a good one. I actually like Baltimore getting two and a half points. Cleveland can still win, but the points are enticing to me uh, in this one, sort of similar to last year's 24-22 final. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely fascinated with that. I think, Brad, you noting that the weather has potential to be ugly. Uh, the the Ravens run, uh, pass offense has generated in the last two weeks, um, 182 through the air and 94 through the air. And uh, obviously we talked about the, they only garnered 94 passing yards when the Browns visited Baltimore. The passing over under for Tyler Huntley in this one is 174 and a half, which feels like the best possible outcome for him and I, I feel like that is a dang near lock under in this one as far as things stay on track and then we also really like David and Joku um, over three and a half receptions in that earlier matchup this year the Browns went to Baltimore they targeted in Joku a ton they gave him in the game alone um, receiving stats he had seven targets seven catches 71 yards in that game so we feel pretty comfortable uh, that Njoku will get enough targets to get to the four reception number in this one. And obviously we saw uh, last week uh, some some uptick in Deshaun targeting David as well. Um, you know, it was obviously David missed his oh, his first start, but it's it's always been a quarterback that likes the tight end, right? I feel pretty comfortable taking these low Njoku numbers to start out. What do you what do you said on that? I definitely like the Njoku one. I like the parlay altogether. It's well well selected. I think that Huntley number is really large, and I think uh, you know to taking that side of the uh, points is correct as well. So I like the parlay a lot. Well chosen by you, uh, Jake. I would agree with all three legs of that. Uh, an interesting note. I think the first time they played each other, they held Mark Andrews catchless. Is that right? Um, let me check here. I think they did. It was a weird game. Like weird. again, ninety-four passing yards total. Right. Um, so which looks well like Andrews had only two passing targets and he had no receptions. So you That's are correct. Tough to do. It is very tough to do. And um I would say too, he he actually ended up getting a carry. He had a run out of the backfield in that That's one. Right. Um that was that was pretty unforeseen. So a pretty strange game for Mark Andrews. I would expect they try to figure out ways to get him involved, but Again, they're missing. They had Bateman. Their leading receivers in the first contest was Bateman with four for 42. So 
that player missing, obviously. I just have a hard time seeing them unless some fluky screens hit or uh, somebody falls down in coverage or something. I just have a hard time seeing them get Huntley to 174 yards. So those three feel pretty good to me. So if you'd like that, you take it, you hit, just let me know. But that is your uh, OBR film breakdown and FanDuel parlay of the week. So take advantage. We are going to take one quick break for this episode, come back and then talk about how the Browns get it done with three keys to victory. We will be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, Brad, we're going to start with this one. I mean, it, I feel like we've said this so many times now, but I mean, it comes down to run defense. Can they can they figure out a way to make Tyler Huntley throw the ball? How many third, let's say it this way, how many third and six plus opportunities do we see them get Baltimore into? Because if, if we look back at the stats from this game and we see that Baltimore had, I don't know, seven or eight third and six plus, I don't imagine they're going to fare all too well. Thus, I think the Browns would have a pretty good defensive day. Now, again, they created a turnover in that first matchup. They held Baltimore to 94 passing yards, a buck 60. I think if you can recreate, you know, that that statistical output with a turnover baked in there, you hope that your offense doesn't turn it over deep inside their own territory and you don't give up a 40-yard punt return. You <laughs> probably have a chance of holding them to something like 17 points. Like, I think Pittsburgh held them to 16 points. That should be sort yeah. of the trend line. Would you agree with that? I would agree. Um, and, and I would say, you know, my biggest fear here, I'll, I'll say as my first key at building off of yours, it, it, my biggest fear here is just Huntley running all over them with his, with legs, right? It just yeah. With his legs, just beating them with his legs, getting out of the pocket, being undisciplined with the pass rush, not keeping him in the pocket and him getting out and just running all over the place. That That scares me. I think that's extremely fair. It's obviously the same fear we would have with Lamar Jackson and yes. why they have Huntley, right? Because Huntley is a version of Lamar, not as consistent a thrower. So again, we talk, we, we've been through the ringer now with Jeff Howard talking uh, pretty ad nausea, uh, nauseam about here, taking away what makes the team mo the most comfortable, right? Your defense should be going into a game and saying, what makes Tyler Huntley comfortable? How do we stop it? What makes this offense the most comfortable? How do we stop it? right? Should be five downs, should be doing different things to take away the run game, making Huntley beat you. You have defensive backs who you should feel like you can trust to put on islands who you're paying, drafted well, paying well to do these things so you can take away what Baltimore is most comfortable doing. Hey, and it's also like Joe, my friend Joe Woods here running the defense. You're probably fired. You might as well get super creative and weird with your defensive <laughs> game plan. You might as well just try some things the last yeah. four weeks here yep. to try to see what you can come up with answers-wise. That's kind of the second key for me, Brad. Do whatever it takes to make them uncomfortable as an offense. And it sounds so simple, but you know when, when, when you're looking at last week's game plan, and I don't think it took rocket science to see that Tyler Boyd broke the finger early and they weren't playing Higgins. You had yep. plenty of time to adjust. You don't have that issue right now. They have who they have. Their receiving group, not scary. Take away Mark Andrews, bracket him as often as you can, 
make those receivers beat you and commit people into the box to stop the run and put them in long third down situations. It doesn't take any more brain power than that, Brad. It doesn't. I agree. I agree. Pretty simple formula. You know, uh, the, the one thing that this, this team won't do typically is uh, the Ravens is they is you know they've won all these ugly games right you read off some of the scores they, they, a lot of these have been really ugly games and uh, they win close games and they win ugly games and they don't shoot themselves in the foot down the stretch yeah. right like yep. they outlast the other team by not making the mistake so the Browns can't make the big mistake in this one that'll be my second you don't make the big mistake because that's what the Ravens are waiting for that's how they win their games and that's the example we have from the first matchup, right? They made the exactly. big mistake deep in that fumble Calais Campbell uh, forced deep in their own territory. And then obviously the punt return that crippled them into giving up a, giving up a touchdown. So, yeah, they can't be the team that does that. Um, and to your point, they should be the team that's able to create some mistakes. You One would think, right? You would think One so. would think. Um, I know they created a pretty big one at home last year when they beat Baltimore. I believe Miles has uh, stripped Tyler Huntley and – or I don't know, I think that was Lamar maybe before Lamar went out for the day. Uh, but but he created that uh, touchdown right before yeah, half, ran right? ran it in for a touchdown, yep. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Brad, they, they need to be the team that creates a mistake. That would be that would be lovely. Um, then flipping the script, uh, looking offensively, they just need Lamar, or sorry, they need Deshaun to be stellar. They need him to be really good. The Ravens' defense is not hurt. They're not beat up, and they are good. They do not allow you to run the football, 3.8 yards per carry, top five run defense, and um, they are just really creative in how they use their guys in the secondary and second level to create weird mug simulated pressure stuff to make you uncomfortable. You need Deshaun to hit the throws that are presented to him. He did not hit several key throws. Look, he looked more like himself last week, and that's great, but yeah. he did not hit throws he needed to against the Bengals' defense to punish them for some of the things they did. And that's why you only end up with 10 points on the board. So a key for this one, it's not rocket science, but they need their quarterback to be really good in this one. I didn't think Jacoby was good enough in the first matchup. We'll see if uh, Deshaun is up for it in this one. He's been self-admitted this week, not where he needs to be. He needs to be better trying to get there. It's going to take time. Well, the time is now they need him to be significantly better. Um, if they want any chance at putting 20 points on the board in this game. Yeah, and I will build off of your last key as well and just say that, like, it's not really a key so much as something I would love to see is that I would like to see him and Coop get on the same page a little bit mm -hmm. better, right? Like, we've seen DPJ and him link up uh, pretty well. Uh, but I think, you know, him and Cooper developing a, a uh, chemistry here down the stretch is pretty vital, I think. Um, and uh, I would like to see them make that connection of course this is a tougher week right good secondary uh good corners of course but uh still uh it, the stuff has been there for them and uh you'd like to see them get on the same their timing is just a little off cooper wasn't really 100 percent, so maybe it looks better this week with those two yeah they need their third three guys dpj had a big week last week and joku had some moments they need to get all three of them right right the weather's going to be gnarly we'll see if the passing game can matter Certainly yeah. going to have to run it. I'm pumped about the white face mask. I will say that. That would be really cool. They've looked sharp in all the videos this week leading up to it. I've been, I've been dreaming for that for years, so I'll be really excited to see it. It's a 4.30 kickoff. Uh, reminder to you to get in front of the TV on a, on a Saturday for non-college football. 
So uh, we will uh, obviously be at the OBR here, available before with our pregame show and our postgame show right after. So come by and check that out. And then make sure to check out uh, everything that uh, we have put up throughout the week, including late week content from Brad, uh, Big Game Spotlight, where he put up on Perry on Winfrey. So you can check that out as some uh, pregame reading. And he'll be back with things I think I know about the Browns on Sunday. And I'll have some Sunday content for you about the game as well. So check that out for Jake, for Brad. We appreciate you guys from, uh, from the OBR, from Blue Wire, from All Eyes on Cleveland, and the OBR Film Breakdown. Have a great Saturday. Hopefully it gets a little bit better at 430 So we will uh, catch you then. We appreciate you being here, listening to this pod. Have a great Saturday and go Browns.